Hello and welcome back to the Pickled Up Podcast with your host Bailey and Erin. Whoop whoop whoop! Sorry for the delay, guys, on posting this episode. We were in Idols Week for the yeah. past like two weeks, so we've both just been super super busy with that. Um. <laughs> Aaron, how'd you do in school this year? Uh, yeah, could have done a little bit better, turning in wise, but uh, they're pretty lenient, so I think I'll be fine. Other than nice. that, I mean, I did pretty well. And we, I think we talked about it in the first episode, what we're going to school for. But Aaron, why don't you go ahead and remind them? I am majoring in psychology right now, going to a community college for currently to get my associates out of the way and then i'll go somewhere else to get my master's and then maybe phd who knows whoop whoop um and i just go for english teaching so um i have an associate's degree already working on my bachelor's but yeah um aaron were there any finals that you actually like enjoyed doing or were they all terrible so I've only really done one final. Most of my finals are coming up this week. Okay. But they're all multiple choice, 50 questions. Like, it's not hard. Every All the hard stuff was, like, projects we did, like, two weeks ago. So it, it's it's pretty much smooth sailing from here. Nice. Perfect. But, uh, I did have a group presentation on the Idaho Humane Society, and I had to convince people to donate for two minutes. So oh, that was interesting. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Very nice. What class was that for? Communications. Nice. Very cool. Um, my finals were all kind of. They were the, all of mine. I think just seemed kind of pointless to me. Um, I just like I didn't mind doing them, but it was like it is what it is kind of a thing. Um, the only one that I struggled with was a um. British literature you. test. Yeah, and that's just because I'm really bad at taking tests. Um, oh, gotcha. But so I have had straight A's all semester long. Okay, and I knew this was coming up, and I knew that this would probably drop my grade to like a B. You know, but I was I was giving myself the benefit of the doubt. I was like, you know, I know these pretty well. I should be all right. Um, and so I had to get an 88% on my. Uh, final quiz to like keep an A in the class because it was the very last thing going in and so I was hopeful because that's not like unattainable and so I take this quiz and I only got a 75 on it which just drops me to like a B plus okay so not not like the worst grade in the world but I emailed my professor and I was like hey like I've had an A in your class all semester long like I took this quiz I didn't do as well as I had hoped I would on it um, you know, I have really bad test anxiety, but I was wondering if there was any way that I could make up, make up some points, um, you know, somewhere else. If I, you know, could revise an essay that I didn't get 100% on or um, maybe even write an all new essay on something completely different. Like, you know, I don't know. We've done a lot of like we haven't really done a lot of assignments in that class. And so if you don't do well on something, it drops your grade quite a bit. So I was really hoping, like, she'd let me do the revision. Um, and she emailed me back, and 
<laughs> it was such a shitty message. She was like, well, maybe if you actually tried in my class, like you would have been able to do well. Sorry, but you didn't really try that hard all semester long. And I think we both know that. So no, you may not redo any assignments to get more points. You should have tried the first time. And I was like, uh. <laughs> Dang. Yeah. That's, and that's rough. And so I was like, I was actually really thrown off by this because I had had this professor uh, last semester. And I was so thrown off by this because I got a worse grade last semester. And I was like probably one of her favorite kids in there <laughs> because I like would try hard. And I got a better grade this semester. And she said I didn't try at all. And I was like, I don't really, I don't know how that works, but, and then she gave me, so I, I didn't realize, but after the quiz, we had like a participation grade. She gives me a hundred percent on it. And, um, I was like, oh, I didn't try that hard, but get a hundred percent on participation. Okay. Um, I don't know. It was just like a really unfair email in my opinion, because I felt like I did, I probably tried harder than last semester, to be honest got a better grade and then I've had an A in her class all semester until the very last week and I just thought that was I feel like professors should never tell their students like I feel like you didn't try like unless it's like you're not turning in work and like obviously you're getting F's on everything mm -hmm. but if I've had an A in your class for the last four months like there's no reason for you to send me an email like that yeah, that's, uh, that's weird. I don't yeah. Get that. I just thought it was stupid, stupid. From the sounds of it, your university does have a lot of, uh, stupid professors. Yeah, that, like, not even professors, just kind of, um. People in general. People Everyone that who work, goes there. <laughs> people, people that work there. I just feel like nobody's on, like, the same page of university expectations. Uh. Which is really <laughs> difficult. Um, and um, so, also, another thing that happened. So, um, I got my associate's degree at a community college. And then... So um, yeah. yeah. So, I graduated from the one Aaron's going to currently. You know, started going to university. And I... Well, uh, I don't really understand how college works. I, I do now, at least. Um, but when I first enrolled, I didn't understand it at all, especially not university. It was a lot harder to, like, figure out what I was supposed to be doing. And so I scheduled a ton of meetings with my advisor. And I was like, hey, please help me out. I don't really know what I'm supposed to be doing or what classes I'm supposed to be taking. And... I was like, I just got my associate's degree, um, I'm a junior in college, you know, set me up. And he was like, yeah, for sure, and I do all these, like, video calls with him. And so he gives me, like, a list of classes I should be taking. And so I was like, okay, cool. And then I'm, like, looking over these classes, and I was like, hey, I am almost positive I have taken these two classes, and I also don't think I need this one. And... He was like, no, you do. Like, nope, you're not right at all. You need these classes. And I was like, mm, I really do feel like I've taken them before. I feel like 
you need to look further into my stuff. And he was like, he pulled up all my stuff and he's like, well, you're way behind actually. Like, I know that you got your associate's degree and you should be a junior, but you're actually closer to like just becoming a sophomore in terms of the classes you've taken. And I was like, that makes absolutely no sense at all. Considering I have an associate's degree, like that, that's not right. Um, And he was like, sorry, but you know, that's what it shows. That's what you have. And so I'm like looking through all my stuff and I was like, this just makes no sense. And he essentially told me that no matter what, I was going to graduate a year late because of that. Unless maybe I took some summer classes and was like able to catch up. But obviously very discouraging. And I wasn't sure what had happened or what had went wrong. Until I was probably like almost two months into school. And I start getting all these emails that are like, hey, make sure you put in your transcript. Make sure you turn in your transcript from your old school. And I thought they were just sending those to like everybody. um, Because obviously I had done mine. I enrolled as a transfer student. So you're like required to attach your... Um, obviously your transfer credits to even apply into the school and that's how they accept you is like based off of that right and uh, so I didn't think that they applied to me and so I skipped like maybe two of them and then I finally like clicked on one and it was like really make sure that you turn in your transcripts like this is the final date and I was like went to go check my transcripts and realized they had only accepted part of my transcript from my old school, which doesn't make sense to me at all how that even happens. I don't know how you only accept like maybe a quarter of the credits rather than all of them. Um, And so I talked with my advisor again and I was like, hey, apparently you guys didn't accept my full transcript. Like what the, what the hell is this? Like, what does that mean? Um, And he was like, oh, think you're right like make sure you send that over and by the way it costs money every time that you send a transcript so I was like irritated because I know I had already paid for it and then I had paid for it again and it takes like a couple weeks for it to like come into effect so I get my transcript it finally is like applied and talk to my advisor again and he's like Oh, it looks like you were right. You would have been closer to being in your junior year. Crazy. Unfortunately, since now you're already in this semester, like nothing we can do about that. And now you for sure will be at least a year behind. And I was like, okay, that's awesome. Um, But if that's what your advisor tells you, where they're just like, well, nothing you can do about it is what it is. You know, that's that's what you think and so and I feel like that's like an abuse of power from the university because obviously I don't know what I'm doing I don't know how to look through all of my school papers to like find out what the university missed on their part because I had done all my steps I had turned in everything I needed to it's not my fault that the university made a mistake could I have been more diligent in checking through my things sure absolutely I could have but as somebody who's just enrolling into school, that shouldn't be, like, expected of me because I don't know how colleges work, like, just, or at least universities. Like, it took me a long time to understand, especially when your first year of college, you do it through COVID. Like, 
Okay, so there's a lot of issues. Well, so I was really frustrated that, you know, I for sure would be graduating at least one year behind. Um, and I was like, just kind of accepted the fact. Until this last month of school, I was like, you know what? There's no reason I should have to just accept that that's what happened, that the university made a mistake. And um, that somehow, like, they don't have to pay for it. Like, just no reason any student should have to, like, go through that. And I had talked to some other students, and they're like, oh, the same thing happened to me. They didn't accept my transfer credits and all this stuff. And so I finally decided to do something about it um, about a month and a half ago. And I started contacting all these people through my department um, program. And I was like... Hey, here's what happened. Um, you know, here's these three classes. Like, I don't think I had to take this one. And also I retook these two because my advisor told me to, but that's just because you guys hadn't accepted my credits when it said that it had gone through. And so, um, so I got connected with probably six different people that I was told to talk to about it. And, you know, a lot of people that I talked to initially were just like, hmm, I think you're right, but we're going to have to send this elsewhere because I can't deal with it. And so I was like, okay. So I'm waiting for like this one person specifically specifically to like get back to me. Um, and I have basically my group of people that I'm supposed to talk to gets narrowed down to two people. One is an advisor um, within the program who's also a professor and I guess he's, like, pretty high up in the department. And the other one is, like, a step down from the dean of students within the department. I'm not exactly sure what her title was. But anyways, I talked to this guy, um, the, the advisor one. And he sets up a Zoom with me. And so we're on the Zoom and we're talking. And, uh, you know, I'm telling him the situation. We got my transcripts pulled up. I'm explaining to him what I think is wrong with it. And he's looking at it. And he's like, yeah, you did retake those classes. And I was like, okay, awesome. What is the university going to do about that? And he was like, well, the university shouldn't have to do anything. It was your choice to retake those classes. And I was like, well, I don't think that's fair, considering I told my advisor I was almost positive I had already taken those. But BSU just hadn't transferred all of my credits, so he couldn't see that. And so there was no proof of me taking those classes until BSU accepted it almost three months into my first semester and he was like well it's still on you for not you know verifying your own information I was like again I just don't think that's fair I shouldn't be expected if I come in as a transfer student I shouldn't be expected to make sure that my transfer credits are there if that's what I enrolled as um like you guys should 100% have it on file and I was like, especially because some of them were there. So that was just somebody at the registrar's office not putting in all the credits, right? And he's just going back and forth with me. And I was like, and then there's this class. Like, I don't think I needed to take this for my degree, but it was advised to me anyways. And he was like, no, you definitely needed that one. And I was like, mm, like, based off this list of classes that I'm told that I need to take, that one's not on there. It doesn't apply to my degree. It was basically just an extra class. I wouldn't have taken it um, if my transfer credits had gone through. Like, 
I just wouldn't have needed it. And he was like, again, this is all your fault because you chose to retake the classes and you chose to enroll in that class. And so at this point, I was like so defeated. I felt like he wasn't understanding like what I was trying to say and just he wasn't really listening to me. And I was like, basically at the end, I was like, okay, whatever. It was my bad. Sorry for even asking. Like, this dude made me feel so terrible about even coming to the school about it. He's like, you're wrong. You don't know what you're talking about. Like, this all looks right to me. Okay. Well, so at that point, I was like, well, is what it is. At least I asked. And then about two weeks after I had talked to that guy, I get an email from the the lady that's like a step down from the dean and she's like hey um i finally put all the pieces of your case together um we definitely need to set up a meeting when works best for you so i set up the meeting with this lady come into it and she tells me the first thing she says is hey we absolutely were in the wrong this was our fault and we're going to fix it for you and i was like oh my god okay here we go and essentially what i'm gonna get out of it is um next semester they're paying for one of my classes since i took an unnecessary class um so they're gonna pay for one and then two of my other classes that i took that i retook um they're gonna transfer those credits into something else so i get more credits that apply to the degree that i'm going into um and so essentially um I'll, I'll still graduate a year late for different reasons now um but at least they're fixing that so always self-advocate for yourselves guys because that was like a mess that i've been going through for the well i mean if you count last semester you know that i've been dealing with for almost like nine months or something like that um but in the end, it is working out. And then she also told me that, hey, you can stick to your program um, in bachelor, your bachelor's in English teaching if you want. Or in the same amount of time, you could get your bachelor's in literature and a master's in teaching. Um, so now I have to choose which route I want to go if I want to get one degree or two. Um, they are slightly different. So I'm trying to figure out what's the better option. But... Yeah, I felt like that meeting went really well. It was really, really stressful, but it's finally almost over with. I still have to uh, go through a few steps to like make sure the university comes through with all of that um, stuff that they promised me. Um, but yeah, it has been school for me has been a wild ride at this university. It has been terrible the entire time, but I'm glad it is finally getting solved. Yeah. My, uh, yeah, nothing exciting has happened. <laughs> Went to class, watched, uh, her part of it in one of my classes, then watched the Black Mirror episode. A lot of, like, uh, a lot of sex. It was awkward. <laughs> With your whole class? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And that class itself is, like, really weird because it's a class about predicting the future. Mm. It's one of those, like, entry fucking, like, freshman classes. And 
no one in the class cares except for like three people that actually read the book like three quarters 75 percent of the class has not turned in a part of their uh final project like no <laughs> one cares that's like, funny yeah show up for like 90 minutes and listen to uh my professor try to encourage the class to talk about the book and it's it's hard it's hard I had a class this semester, and it's literary criticism, which initially I thought was going to be a really boring, kind of dumb class, because um, when you think about what literary criticism means, it's like literally going through literature and criticizing um, the basis of it, I suppose, is the best way I could describe that. Um, what it turned into is learning about literary theories and then applying it to other places in life where we see it. And it was like a hundred percent, a discussion class. Mm -hmm. And this is probably one of the most fun classes I had ever taken. The final for it was a minimum of a 10 page essay. Mm -hmm. um, so that was kind of a lot, but um, basically I chose like four or five of the theories that we had learned and then applied it to my own life, my upbringing and how those theories, um, applied to like explain how I turned out the way that I turned out with my political views, my moral views, etc. Um, but yeah, it was an interesting class. My favorite part of the class though, was there was this one guy where every single person in the class, including the professor, you could tell, hated all of his opinions, and he would just, like, relate it to things that didn't really apply. Um, but one of my favorite comments that he had made in the class, just because I find it so ridiculous, um, <laughs> was, so we were talking about, first of all, it's the this theory about how women um, just are viewed in feminism, what feminism means to us, like literally just a discussion about feminine qualities, really, not even like feminist movements or anything like that, literally just what makes a woman kind of a thing um, and how that's viewed in literature as usually like somebody that's pregnant or this, this glowing figure, um, motherly, caring, like that's what we're talking about. And I apologize, um, but I'm tr going to try not to get into, like, actual views about this. But he starts bringing up, like, abortion laws. And so, first of all, this whole, the, the whole class is like, eh, I don't know about that. Because, again, you just don't know people's political opinions. Um, yeah. But this guy goes, well, you know... There's there's abortion laws put in place for several different reasons. And a lot of the time, it's not about the woman. It's about how that baby would affect the world otherwise. And so we're like, okay, cool, whatever. But then he's like, in in this specific state, they, they outlaw abortions because they need more workers. I was like, huh? what? <laughs> they... <laughs> sorry what and he's like yeah because you know if you're killing off these babies then that state won't have enough workers later <laughs> uh. like and first of all we just not what we were even talking about 
at all. <laughs> and then for him to like make a comment like that, everybody in the class was like dumbfounded about what this dude was even trying to say. And he's like, yeah, I don't care what your views are, but at the end of the day, you need to realize that like your actions um, mean something. And, you know, if, if we just start letting everybody get abortions, then like, we're going to have a worker crisis. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> oh my God, dude. Oh, it was so funny. That's insane. Yeah. And again, I don't even care what your views are if you're pro-choice or pro-life. Not not even what I'm getting into, but like what a comment. And yeah. Yeah. he did it with like full like full throttle was like, "Yeah. This is what I'm saying." <laughs> like <laughs> most ridiculous dude I've ever talked to in my life. Every single thing anyone would say he would just like disagree with it especially when we got into the the um women and just like any theories by women or anything like that and he would just always be like or like another one of my favorite hot takes he had was um women you know get viewed as these like how did he word it? It was, you know, women a lot of the time get viewed as like carers and they should be doing the dishes and cleaning and taking the kids to school, taking care of the kids, taking care of their husband. Right. And when you, what we were trying to explain is when you put those views on a woman, um, it starts kind of sounding like slavery in a lot of ways when it's, that's what's expected for all women um, to adhere to is like, they need to, do this or like societal punishment kind of a thing and he just starts going off about how like yeah that's a hundred percent true but why is it true because women keep themselves there they leave themselves in that place and if women if women didn't want to be there then they would just not do it and it's really their idea to stay there and so then the whole class was like where did you think the idea came from that women wanted this life it was just uh he's a great he was he was fun to talk to sounds like a hoot and a holler oh yeah no he was great and like any single time he'd open his mouth the professor would like listen the first time and then any other time he raised his hand would just skip him I was like, hey, yeah. we got to move on because yeah. it would just things we were not talking about at all. He would just bring up and just like the most controversial opinions he could possibly say out loud. And, mm-hmm. and then the very last class, he's like talking about um, how is he is a white man and how he feels oppressed in today's um, culture, considering everyone's like, oh, I hate white men because they're oppressive, you know? And so another white guy in the class was like, well, okay, here's how this started. So he was like, yeah, if I am talking with a black woman and I disagree with her, everyone's going to be up in arms. Is that not true? And I was like, uh, absolutely not, unless you have an opinion that we would 
disagree with. I don't automatically think or if you talk to a black just woman. Just that... have you ever talked to a black person before? Like, has that <laughs> yeah. ever happened to you, dude? Like, <laughs> literally, <laughs> literally. So it was like, uh, it really just all depends on context of what you're talking about. I may or may not disagree with what you're saying. Like, it has nothing to do with the fact that she's a black woman, like whatever. And then another like white guy in the class calls him out and was like, said something like that like have you ever talked to a black woman or whatever like a very similar comment and then he goes see look i'm being oppressed like you guys are all disagreeing and i was like you feel oppressed by what another white man said (laughs) how does that work it it just sounds like it was it it sounds like if you like human like personified twitter gave them a human body and then you like sent them to a university it sounds like all the students that go to go there yes just he uh, no one of the most ridiculous people i've ever tried to speak with in my life and don't get me wrong i love a good debate i love um talking to people who have differing opinions than me i think it's fascinating um i would like to think that i am personally like pretty good at debates just because i don't really i don't get offended if our opinions differ um you know, there's some things that I definitely have, like, strong feelings on. But at the end of the day, like, your opinion's yours, my opinion's mine. Um, I might try to reason with you, like, why I think my opinion is better. But I'm not going to, like, you know, make you feel bad for having your opinion. Unless it is legitimately, like, a bad opinion. But I think I love college for, like, that reason. As you meet so many interesting people. Um like you yeah. should I, I feel like college is the place where you should have those debates but now like you have to like one of my professors really cool guy he's my communications professor and it feels like he's always walking on like eggshells just trying like it's a communications class like we're gonna be talking about like um some more risque topics i guess but it just seems like you should be able to talk about it in that kind of class when mm-hmm. and not be able to offend anyone. But I think we had a couple of people leave anyways mm-hmm. because of that. But. So interesting. It's interesting that the people that walk away, um, I just think people should be more open-minded to hearing controversial topics. Mm-hmm. I think, um, you know, if we start these conversations to classmates and then with friends that we have this opportunity to um, make the world the place that we want it to be and surround ourselves with people who are like-minded. And it's funny because so that guy in my class that had all those stupid opinions or whatever, and then I would always share mine. And I had like several people after the class come up to me and be like, hey, we should hang out sometime because like, I love the way that you talk and I, you know, I love like your opinion on this. I'm right there with you. Like, you know, if you, if you ever wanted to go to like a um, rally or anything, I'm right there with you. And I think it's funny because I don't, I could, I could go to rallies. I just usually don't because I never feel like I am personally educated enough on different subjects to truly fight on one side for I mean there's a couple things that I would but again I just don't feel like I'm ever the right person in those situations um to be fighting like I have strong opinions with like the whole Black Lives Matter thing um I am I'm for Black Lives Matter by the way but 
I think um, I'm not the right person fighting that fight. I'm I'm a, I'm white, so I feel like me being there at the um, at the front lines or whatever. Like I'm not the person that should be there. I am the person, however, that can have conversations with um, people in my friend group and show them why you know I say this and not that kind of a thing. But again, like I. I'm not the person that should be on the news fighting this fight. I'm the person that should be um, high, like on the sidelines making sure um, I'm doing my part in it kind of a thing. So, I don't know. I just think, I think college is a really great start to have those conversations, like you were saying. Um, and then to open it up with like your friends and stuff. I think it's so important for your friends to know your like real opinions on things. So like what you were just saying, like you don't feel you couldn't be out there rallying and I don't see why not. It's not that I feel like I, I can't be out there rallying. It's just in a lot of cases, I don't feel like I'm the right person to do it. So, yeah, um, yeah. But for like the BLM one, I don't see why it wouldn't having more people of the other race, like strong, like, strengthen their argument so wouldn't you want more like just more people in general out there it seems like the opposite effect if you don't go out there and do it i think it just proves that it is just a black people thing but then that's just getting into the whole argument i guess my like argument for that is not necessarily even saying that i wouldn't go Mm -hmm. i Mm. okay here here is my hot take if I had a group of black friends ask me to go with them to a rally, mm-hmm. I would, right? But if I, like, I, I don't want my political opinions to ever come off as um, trendy or I'm doing it in, like, a, a disrespectful way kind of a thing. Um like, I almost, I feel almost the same way with um, Pride, like the Pride Fest and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never been to Pride Fest. Am I an ally? 100%. Like, I, mm-hmm. a large majority of my friends are um, in that community. However, I am not within that community. If I had a group of friends ask me to go with them to that, I 100% would. But it's not my... It's not my thing. It's not my um, deal. And so if I ever had people that were like, I want you there with me, you matter to this, I 100% would go. But I've not had anybody reach out to me like that. And so I think my placement in both of those areas is to just um, inform people on what I know about it, why we should be, you know, inclusive with people, why... You know, I think this and not that. Um, and so, again, like, go ahead. What I'm trying to get at is you're saying you're just not passionate enough to go out there and do it because you don't feel like you're included enough in it. Not that I'm not passionate. Not that I'm not included in it because I think everybody has their art within well, it. I, I feel like if you're passionate about it, you're going to go out and do it, you know, like like that's what passion is like you're really for it you're out there doing it i'm not saying you're against it 
by any stretch of the imagination. I'm just not saying you're passionate for it because like it's something that drives you and you're going to go out there and do it and show yourself like doing it because you really want to get people to know about this thing. Mm. No, I would disagree with that. I think I'm definitely passionate um, for it. But then it. you would be more in, interactive with the community and then more people would talk to you about it and then bring you into the conversation more. I think I, no, I think I still talk to quite a few people about it, but I try to, how do I word this? I feel like there's a part where I belong to educate people that are closer to me, because if I go to a rally, Right, and I absolutely could. Um, how, how do I want to word this? Because it's not necessarily a passion thing. And I would also like to say I've never been to a rally of any sort. And so maybe that's that's really my thing is I just, maybe I'm just not comfortable with rallies. I don't know. Um, I've just never been to not, one yeah. for, any, for anything, you know. And so I don't necessarily think it's a uh, passion to... Uh, go or not go i think it's in my head what i think my my place in it is um i think in many cases i have um advocated for my See, friends that's... in the best way that i know how to so i'm not saying like passion is going out there i'm saying passion mm -hmm. is having the drive to i think to do things i think i do and, though i think and like I, sharing it i think passion has but to i do sharing. share it i definitely share it and that's i guess that's my thing i just don't do it um in such a public sense i guess i in my thing okay another thing is um like i think in every single one of my college classes i've ever had in person I've always, always, always had a discussion about why people should say like black lives matter over all lives matter kind of a thing. Um, and I have that discussion in smaller groups with people mm -hmm. to have like a, uh, a realistic discussion. I think discussions are really, really important. And so I think that's, that's more my place is more in like a, an educator kind of thing. But I also don't necessarily think that I am the best person to be educating on because again i didn't have that i'm not black and so i think it's all about where i think my place is in the fight and i absolutely would stand behind any of my friends that asked me to go i absolutely still talk about it and i still you know tell people based off of my experiences why you know i definitely would go with black lives matter um again i just choose smaller groups to do that within and i would love to have more like just general discussions with people and have um just better communication about it is my thing i like good back and forth communication is uh, i'm just going off of like larger picture here but do you think that is viable for something like blm to just to survive like that do you think just having small group discussions on topics like that are going to keep it alive or do you need people going out there and doing rallies well to, yeah, 
I think that goes again, though. Like, I am not black, so I could not tell you what the best way to fight that fight is. I'm not talking about BLM in general. I'm talking about just anything. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's like the... Okay, so one thing that I would apply to, right, is like um, women. Okay, there's women Mm. marches. And I don't go out to women marches. Um, I could. Why I don't go? Um, no, I'd rather just have discussions. I would rather just have discussions with people about what is applicable. I think a lot of people find rallies as um, almost like I don't know. I just think having discussions with people is important as well. And so there's the fighters who are on the front lines, you know, advocating in that way, where I advocate in this way, where I would just much rather have discussions with people that I think need to have the, the discussions need to be had with. Um, like, yeah, Doesn't I think in every a divide between the people then, because then <laughs> if you look at, uh, like the more radical side of BLM with like the the protests turning violent and then you have people like you who are, are not on what do you call the front lines and how there's just like a lack of communication I guess between the two and how people different on on even like the same page people have very wildly different views so do you think having like I said the should they work together to get something better or should they keep it um separate i mean i think i think the best way is to work together um Mm -hmm. obviously i think any issue that you know is big in that sense that a large group of people are feeling um pressed or not um seen as equals should always work together i just think there's a million different routes um of doing so i mean i feel like it's like if no, it's like valuing one way over the other. I don't I don't know at the end of the day what the most helpful way to solve oppression is. And so I do it in, in the way that I think um, is works for me. Um, you know, I think just having conversations, I think that's in my personal experience where I have learned the most and been able to formulate my own opinions is just opening it's when people had open discussions with me and just had these open conversations where I realized like my own opinions and then realizing that my opinions matter and I'm able to educate myself on those issues. And then I'm also able to start discussing with more people and then, um, you know, just talk to people in general about why they have those opinions. But I don't think, one way or the other is the right way to go about it. I just think everybody has their own ways um, of doing it, you know? I mean, there's even, like, if we, you know, the discussion method versus the the rallies method, um, you know, you could even get into, like, the artistic perspective of how art has influenced um, different things, you know? And so it's, like, nobody's going to sit there and say, like, oh, if you're just doing drawings, like, how is that helping kind of a thing? You know, there's a million different ways to fight the battle. And I don't think anybody's right or wrong by by doing so.
you don't think there's one like the most effective method you could use to get your point across uh i mean i think trying to educate people i don't necessarily think that that has a definite answer for what the best way to educate people is um yeah i i couldn't tell you i don't know I haven't seen any studies done for, you know, what the most effective way to uh, prove a point is. Um, yeah, because I think that's a huge issue, because if we're just going to uh, talk about, like, problems like that, or what am I trying to say here? Basically, like, education on the topic is super important, because once you're educated on the topic, you can vote, and mm-hmm. that's a big thing, especially in the state we live in. Uh, we were talking oh, I think, about that in my English think, class. And yeah. I think that's insane. an interesting point that you said. As soon as you're educated, you can vote. Really, you don't need to be educated at all to vote. Yeah. But so I, I, you know. Oh, and so, okay. So then, what do you think the best way is? Rallies? No, I still. Uh, okay. It, in recent. Mm, rallies can be good. Mm-hmm. But the state of the government right now i don't think they're really applicable because no one's listening to like our voices right now mm-hmm. it's all up in congress and yeah. the senate and what they say goes and we don't really have an effect on them right now yeah. and uh, i think just being able to be educated and vote is a big thing especially in mm-hmm. state elections federal elections not crazy big picture but state elections are super important yeah so what do you think the best way is to educate people then well school is one yeah and just having a sense of like skepticism when it comes to anything i think is super important and just being able like i definitely don't think rallies are the best way to get your point across Unless it's already, like, a giant movement. Like, if you're some, like, tiny protest on some local, like, chain restaurant that, like, nobody's really heard of, that's probably not going to go anywhere unless Um. locally. But you have a big movement like BLM that already has, like, a bunch of, like, history behind it and everything. That's when you can get the rallies going. That's when you Mm -hmm. can make a bigger movement. But Mm -hmm. you still need those discussions, I guess. It, It just all works together in one. But I guess the best way is still just talking to people, like you said. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I don't know. It's just, it's hard to, I feel like I put this um, in like better words when I was like sitting in my literary criticism class, but like there are a million things that people are, fighting for that people believe in um a hundred percent and whatever way that you feel benefits people whether that's you know being out and rallying um going to the protests talking to the people around you and and spreading you know more um to educate more people, I think in any sense, 
the very first step is just having the conversation. And, and so I think that's why, you know, maybe I'm just taking baby steps to be the mm-hmm. ultimate activist, but <laughs> I don't know. I think it's interesting too, because I do have so many conversations um, with people that like a lot of people in my close friend group, um, right when I graduated high school, were like, oh my God, Bailey's such an activist, which I just thought was funny because I don't consider myself that way. Because um, again, I don't go to rallies and I don't... Mm-hmm. Um, put myself out there I don't post on you know social media what my political opinions are I don't I mean I guess this would be one of the first things I've ever put like a political opinion some of my basic political opinions I don't even feel like these are terribly controversial but you know I think at the end of the day like I I believe in things and I'm willing to have conversations with people that are willing to have the discussion with me. Um, but there's a million different ways to fight. And I think that by opening discussion up to the people that are close to you, to the people willing to have the discussion, that's the very first step. And so it's just important to have conversations with people. Being able to talk about it is one thing. Mm-hmm. Like just being able to listen to the other side is definitely a big mm-hmm. one like being able to uh, just not shut someone down instantly mm-hmm. you know and i think yeah. there's that huge argument um between the black lives matter and all lives matter and something mm-hmm. i realized by like listening to people on both sides is that the end goal is exactly the same but mm-hmm. people aren't willing listen to why people are saying black lives matter to realize that it's the same thing that like at the end of the day everybody just wants everybody to be equals you know and so that's what like i've had so many all lives matter people tell me like you know oh there's this problem um that we're seeing that you know black people feel as though they are oppressed and that they've been oppressed and we want to see them feel like they're equals like that's their argument and i'm like right so that's exactly what black lives matter is trying to do is be on the same page as everyone else they just want to be seen as equals we want to get over these humps and these all lives matter people are like yeah here's these problems within governments and societies where we see that um black people are not shown as these equals um we wish that they were like right that's black lives matter but they're just so just don't want to listen to that whole argument i think being open to hearing what everybody has to say is you know that's when you're going to realize that you're actually more on the same page with more people than you realize and that you're actually trying to get the same point across yeah <clears throat> you know i've heard the same thing between like pro-life and pro-choice where these pro-life people are like oh like and under these circumstances like yeah absolutely they should be able to um or you know a lot of pro-life people are like you know i wouldn't personally but i feel like other people should be able to so i'm pro-life and i'm like that's that is pro-choice that is what what that is like that's where i have a problem with labels like labels right now are so (laughs) important to everyone for no reason and especially I have such a problem with the pro-choice uh, or not the pro, the pro-life name, just the name itself is yes. so, yep. 
like of course everybody wants life unless you're a psychopath like that's insane it's just uh, and it confuses people like that like Mm -hmm. you were just talking about it's i think i think there's so i even sent a message to somebody this week that was like I absolutely consider myself pro-life in all circumstances, but under these circumstances, like women should have more value within the government. They should be able to choose what they want. It's, you know, it's on them. Like, this isn't something that we should be discussing. Like, it's for the women, like, you know, all this stuff. And they're like, you know, at the end of the day, women should be able to do what they want with their bodies. And I was like, sent a message back and I was like hey that is pro-choice just Mm -hmm. so you know like that's what pro-choice is and then he was like well you know I you know it's a complicated topic and I was like it's just the label is complicated to understand just like Mm -hmm. you said I think it's designed that way or whoever thought of it Mm -hmm. like it's just I don't know, it just feels, like, devious, you know? Like, ooh, yeah. pro-life. Like, yeah, obvious. Yeah, it makes it sound like pro-choice is... Like, evil, more Want evil. to, yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's kill babies. I want to yeah. kill babies all the time. Like, no. Yeah, no, nobody wants that. That's nobody's, like, first thought. It's like, yeah. No. Well, and I also think the... Something interesting in the, the pro-life argument is that... You know, if if you're caught um, having an abortion or whatever, that um, you could face the death penalty. I'm like, so how pro-life is that? Yeah. If we want, yeah. You no, know, is that is that not? Oh, my English teacher made an argument for that. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's like, they'll be pro-life, but then they're for capital punishment. Like how? Mm-hmm. It's just so stupid labels. Yeah. And that just uh, it's, brings back just all about labels. It's just labels, and it's a way for the government to divide us with said labels. Um, you know, actually, in one of my classes, they started discussing discussing um, feminism, right? And mm-hmm. I think, if, personally, I think if you don't consider yourself a feminist, that is weird. Do not want everyone to feel equal and there's a lot of things but I feel one of the the biggest things that I can talk about because I am a woman it's like people close their eyes to these like obvious issues like one of the most like obvious things that I I don't necessarily view as This isn't the biggest thing that we should be looking at here, but I think one of the most, like, obvious examples, if you ever want to see the difference between men and women, go into any department store. Let's say Walmart. I want you to go in and buy a white shirt, okay? I'm going to go to the women's section. I'm going to buy a white shirt. That white shirt is $5, okay? And then, let's say, Aaron, you go into the the men's department, and you want to buy a white shirt. Hey, isn't this so cool? There's a three pack for five bucks. That's the mm-hmm. difference. That's that's literally like, and it's not that I, as a woman, couldn't go to the men's section and buy that same same pack, but but that it's not seen as like an option. I guess you know, like that same thing isn't in the same section. It isn't in the other section. 
that it should be. It's just there's sli- like these slight differences all over the place. And if you start opening your eyes to it, like it it exists. It's there. It's just people that don't think about it will never think about it. And that's why I think having the conversations is important because a lot of people just don't realize things. And like, again, with the white shirt thing, like, do I think that's the biggest issue in the world that we should be looking at? No, because again, I could go over to the men's department and go get, go get the three pack if I wanted to, it's right there. But in a lot of cases, like there's not options like that. And there's a lot of things that, um, general just get kind of uh swept under the rug but i think just like in and of itself like walmart and that whole thing is just like a dying age you know like everything's moved on to the internet like mm-hmm. uh and at that point it's pretty much free game like when i go to like go grocery shopping looking for shampoo that is oh like men's shampoo is the worst bro Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm looking yeah, it's usually the same just go thing. for like women's products yeah it's, it's great yeah. But... no i i think in a lot of ways yeah there's different things like that and i did actually talk about that in my literary criticism class like mm-hmm. because that white shirt example like i used a really similar yeah. example to like the men's shampoo and stuff like there are things like that that exist for men but obviously that's not like the main okay. argument no. that i would ever make with that argument um but yeah, pockets. I think. How do you guys not have pockets in your jeans? That like blew my mind. That... <laughs> I, 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 I think it's funny. <laughs> I think it's funny because if you ever show men women's pants that have the pockets like sewn, you know, that the pockets literally do not exist, they're like mm-hmm. baffled. I'm like, bro. And yeah. you know what's funny? Is a man probably designed <laughs> those pants. <laughs> probably, yeah. <laughs> so funny. <clears throat> but no, there's. There's a lot of different things I'm passionate on, um, and I, you know, I'm not a uh, political major. The opinions I've had um, are based off of discussions I've had with other people that those situations apply to. I've made my all of my opinions based off of things that I have seen happen in the real world. So whether or not you have the same opinion as I do, I'm always willing to like listen to that other side. Um, And something with discussions is I think the point is not always to change the other person's mind, literally just to either educate the other person or explain your point um, logically for it to make sense to the other person. So at least they have something to think on because I think if you walked into every single discussion slash argument and tried to change someone's mind, I mean, that's when it starts becoming, um, just not helpful when you're both like mad at each other for having these opinions. Um, I think you definitely, if you ever want to have you know, whether it be like a moral opinion or a political opinion with discussion with somebody, you really have to be open-minded and be willing to hear the other person out because there's so many sensitive topics that are just not comfortable to be talked about in most, most senses, most cases. Um, and, but I think that's most helpful thing is being willing to be uncomfortable, um, have the conversations 
Yeah, you gotta learn to be uncomfortable sometimes. Yeah. Just how so it happens. definitely. I think another thing is, um, you know, not backing down from the points that you're trying to make. Um, I think a lot of people start trying to bully other people out of their opinions. Um, not necessarily bully. I guess I feel like badger would be a better word for that. Um, mm. <clears throat> just like keep hitting on their point to make you feel as though your opinion is wrong. But I think in most cases, the opinion, I mean, I have a few things. These are like my core beliefs. I'm not going to change my core beliefs just because somebody else has a different one. And so I think like standing my ground, remembering why I have those beliefs, where they came from, that is the most important thing for me is to just stay steady on my beliefs. Um, you know, as long as they remain steady, um, as long as I know what I'm talking about, as long as I've put in the work to educate myself and realize why I have those opinions, I think just, you know, don't ever let somebody force you out of your opinion just because they don't think it's a good one. Mm -hmm. I'd also say be, just be open to change. Mm -hmm. Like everything is constantly change. changing. Absolutely. But not but not to the point of where you're like you're just wish washing around. Can't mm -hmm. decide on one thing, but I don't know. I mean, that's like a topic I was trying to cover in um, that future class I was talking about earlier. Because for our final, we have to uh, predict what the world will be like in a hundred years, and that was like super interesting to me because I my mind just went blank. Like I I had no idea. And I still don't really know what it's going to be like in a hundred years. I don't think anyone will, um, but as long as like we're open to change as like countrywide, I think we'll be fine. But as it stands right now, like, I don't know if people are scared of it or they're just too, I guess, conservative. They don't want change. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And on the other end of the spectrum, like, oof. Mm -hmm. too much change yeah there's like a million things that I could have topics to discussed on but being open to change is so important but remembering who you are as a person why you are the way you are why you have formulated these opinions where they came from mm -hmm. you know, being Willing to listen is so important. It's a big one. Hmm. All right. We definitely went over our <laughs> time that we normally yeah. go for these, but I feel like that was a good discussion. A little bit more political than I ever mm -hmm. thought our podcast would get, but that's all right. We'll probably you keep know? it at that. We'll just leave, let that be the one political episode, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> we'll see where it goes, but yeah, no, I... Yeah. But anyways, y'all, thanks for getting pickled up this week. We would love to um you know, hear some of your guys' opinions about what you thought of the episode. We have our email linked in our Instagram, so you can always shoot us something there. Um you can also, you know, comment on any of our posts. Um we love hearing from you guys. Um We're looking but with for that, guests. You know, we're looking for guests, so let know. us know. 
Let us know if you're interested in being a guest. We would love to have you on. I've already had a couple people ask me about it. Um, maybe sometime in the future we could actually do like a group episode and have a mm-hmm. few people on. So just let us know. Um, let us know if you want to be a guest and you have an idea for what you want. But yeah, this has been third episode of pickled up thank you guys so much for listening don't forget to subscribe to our instagram pickled.up.podcast and yeah yeah take it easy take it easy bye bye